0: Today's episode of Wine and Dime is sponsored by Rooted Planning Group, a fee-only financial planning firm that believes life is about events, supported by your dollars and cents. And we want to help you achieve your goals. Hop on over to www.rootedpg.com to learn more about the services. Every week, it's my goal to share financial information that helps you in both your life and financial vineyard. We hope it takes you from your roots to the journey of your vines and the influences in the air that have helped craft your delicious life. Like wine, life and finances have different palettes that should be celebrated and not judged. Well, Kate, welcome back to the show. We're always glad to have have you as one of the guests. I guess it's more like a co-host anymore, the way that we've been doing it. It's always great to have you. And um, November is one of those months where families are starting to get back together frequently. Not that they don't during the summer, but it's holiday time, Thanksgiving, uh, maybe Christmas or Hanukkah. So it's a great time, and I'm laughing as I say that, it's a <laughs> great time to talk about things like estate planning. <laughs>
1: I know it sounds so boring and dry, but, uh, it is, well, first off, it's nice to be back again. It does feel a little more like a co-host as time is going on and excited to see family. And we always say we look forward to summer to see everybody and we don't (laughs) just because we're busy and traveling. And it feels like it's not until after school started and holidays are coming that we do get to see our family. And I am blessed with a very, uh, large and close family on both my family and my husband's family. So taking care of them is very important to, um, us as well. And I think that ties well into the estate planning conversation.
0: And your unique situation, I say unique, it's not actually, but your situation unique to our group maybe is the fact that you have a couple of minors that we would consider minors, but Mm -hmm. there's been some things that you've learned over the past year that when kids get to a certain age, they are still minors, but not necessarily in the way that we think they are in this, especially in the state of New York. So it's always good to look up what your state laws are around some of that. So let's kind of dig into that topic a little bit more. Um, thinking about parents that have two, I'm going to say middle school aged children. Mm-hmm. I know Braden's going to be moving up here next year, but still middle school this time.
1: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So there are things that you need to think about. So kind of backing it up to the beginning of estate planning. If you have children, you want to be prepared and make sure they're taken care of if you are not around. And I think as a parent, one of the hardest things with thinking about estate planning in your will is who would be their guardian. Naming that guardian and asking them, do you want my kids? (laughs) Will you take care of my kids? And I think that sometimes as they age, that could change depending on the stage of life they're at. Mm -hmm. So as your kids are older, things you want to think about with that guardian um, might change as well. So housing situation, including school district, might be something that you'd want to consider as your kids are older and more established if there is someone that could stay in their school district. Again, it's not a consideration for everyone, but it might be important for other people if they have friends and they're already going through a life transition. Is there a way that you could make that a little bit smaller? So would closer family or friends make more sense versus someone farther away? And that is probably different than when they were infants or toddlers because they don't, there's not as much um, establishment to them at that age at that point in time. Also thinking through things like lifestyle, values, things like that along who you would name as guardian. Would they raise your children the way that you would want them to be raised? Every household's different, But those things that come become more apparent as your children grow up and become their own people, especially could maybe cause you to use a little bit of a different filter when you're thinking about naming those guardians.
0: You know, you bring up a really good point too um, about would the people raise your children the same way you would, right? Or Mm -hmm. acceptable way that you would. Maybe it wouldn't be the same but close enough, right? But there's also, so there's that side of it, but then there's the financial side of it. There and is the financial side of it. I've, I've had conversations with people in the past about, well, do you want your financial guardian and your custo- physical custodian guardian to be the same?
1: That's a great point to bring up. And I think in some cases it works well if it is the same individual, but in many times it's not. You may want to name a separate financial custodian for your children. And that is the person that would manage the assets that could come their way and manage their money until they're of age to provide for them. And it may be that the person you really want to be raising your children, you don't want to give them the stress of also managing the money. It's a it's a big responsibility when mm-hmm. someone inherits someone's funds and estate and making sure you're taking their best wishes into account. So, trying to balance all of those, may, it just could, it could be a lot for somebody. So, being able to sort of spread mm-hmm. that out a little bit, or bring in a, a third party that might have a different perspective on it, and be willing to say, "No, they they need that, or you need that to help support mm-hmm. them, or you should have that to help support them."
0: And then the, then there's the other part of it, like like in your situation, let's say God forbid, and I mean that, mm. it never happened to you and Paul for a lot of reasons. I mean that some of them very selfish, but if anything happened to you and somebody had to be be custodian of your kids your parents and Paul's parents or dad would want to be still involved in their lives and still probably would want to take on a bigger role of even potentially of even making decisions about their health.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And making sure all your documentation is in order for that is very important. Um, And as you mentioned at the start of the podcast, the knowing your local laws. So even if if you are deceased or you are here, making sure you understand what your local laws are and um, barriers. Mm -hmm. And you alluded to my story. And as someone who I like to think is pretty well aware of my kids and their health and local laws and documentation we need, I was a little um, blindsided maybe. I, I don't know if that's the right word, but we had a doctor appointment for my son when he was 12. It was after he had turned 12. And I logged into our app and I couldn't find his records. There was something I had, I was trying to figure something out. And I'm like, oh, you know what? I think we checked that at this appointment. Let me go back in our app and pull up your records. And nothing was there. So I was like, oh, that's weird, but it's an app. Things are glitchy. But then I clicked to my daughter's account and all of her information was there. I'm like, hmm went to my account and my information was there. And then I happened to see this little tiny writing it says something about protected information. So the next time we were at the doctor's office, I asked them and they said in New York state, once your child's reached the age of 12, there are more privacy filters in place due to our um, regulations in our state. So I was able to um, get paperwork to allow me to have access. And what that was, there was a questionnaire and it had, a you know, it was probably two pages with different questions that my son and I had to sit down together in the waiting room in front of the um, uh, receptionist, like a a representative of the Mm -hmm. doctor's office, and walk through these questions that said, you know, you are allowing, uh, you know, someone else to have access to your medical information. That means these things. They would know if X happened or if Y was in your record, they would be aware of that. Are you allowing them to have this information? So I thought that was something that was really important to know. And I've advised clients of just, just being aware because if you did have an emergency situation, you'd want to make sure you had access to those records for your children, if you are still their decision maker, um, which is the case in, in many situations. Most times, kids are 13
0: years old, you're still making decisions <laughs> for them. Yeah.
1: Oh, still making until they're yeah, much older, <laughs> many decisions and asking questions. So I think that's important to be aware of. And as they continue to age, that will change. And there may come a point with your child, depending on the child, that they understand that. And they might say, I want more of my information protected. I'm going to be responsible for that. And as they do age, making sure that there's still accessibility in case of emergencies is important. And Mm -hmm. this is primarily, I think we talk to clients about when your child has age 18, especially and or is going away to college in a new environment and
0: situation. And before we go down that path, let me just take a little bit of a break here. For those that are the wine listeners, uh, we wanted to mention the month of November, we're talking about a winery called Airely. Airily is an all women own and run winery out of Oregon when Brent and I were out there in July we visited this delightful winery I got my first shipment as part of their club <laughs> member and I was so excited <laughs> it came with this adorable little um, bag that you could put in the freezer to keep like white wine cool if you want to oh. so for those that are interested in some good wines I would hop on over to airilywines.com, just take a look at their um, webpage, see if there's something out there unique wines they have some blends out there that white blends that are very interesting some great reds that I absolutely adored so we just wanted to put in a pitch for that uh, for them because we really enjoyed our time at their vineyard and tasting their wine and I'm super excited about getting my first shipment I haven't actually <laughs> opened a bottle yet I wanted to let it rest for just a few minutes so that it didn't get um, didn't have the you know sort of the shock of the trans you know, in transit mm-hmm. but um, that will be one that I'll be looking maybe to Tonight. That would be a great bottle to open <laughs> now that I'm talking about it. Getting uh, so yourself like, ready. Yeah, I just wanted to throw that in there uh, before we start hop- talking about the topic that you did. And now that we've, I call it our fun commercial break, right? Now that our brains have had a chance to um, sort of digest what you said in the first part of this podcast you were leading into talking about when children become 18 there are some that is the in many many states that is the age of majority as they call it for any kind of medical records student records all that sort of stuff so what are some of the things that parents should be thinking about when they when their child is turning 18 whether they're going off to college or whether they're still in high school
1: yeah absolutely
0: one thing we would recommend is having
1: your child get their own healthcare product. Proxy at that point in time. And a healthcare proxy is a document that lets you state someone else. They can make healthcare decisions for you. I One part that's nice about healthcare proxies is you can find them for your state online. You don't have to use an attorney. You can print off a form or ask your doctor's office. More and more offices are having this as part of their annual um, visit. Like, do you have a proxy? Let's get one on file, which it gets me excited um, about having proper documentation. But having them fill that out so that if there was an emergency and something had to be done. Someone that they trust, usually their parents, are the ones that could be there to help make those decisions about their care in that situation. Alongside that is a HIPAA release information document, and this would allow the medical professionals to not only have you make decisions but get the full medical information in their situation. So I'm um, just trying to think a good example of a situation that would happen. they could give you all the background details that might be pertinent that would be protected um, by a HIPAA situation and help you make the best decision for them.
0: Well, I think you know some um, I mean I've mono's not an uncommon thing for somebody in college to actually get, right right or bronchitis, or it could be anything. And you go to the student health department, if you don't have a HIPAA release on file, your kid could be sick and you can't get any information about what's going on because there isn't the proper documentation. And they they can get big trouble for releasing that information if they don't have something on file. So it's not like they're just trying to be a pain. They understand how important it is for you to have something about your sick child. I mean, even at 18, 19, 20 years old, it's still your child, right? Mm -hmm. And so... Getting that information or trying to determine do you need to make a trip out to that college to see what's actually going on and how sick they actually are? Because I know when I was in college, there were a couple of times, at least one time, I can still remember how sick I was and I had bronchitis horribly. And it was right around finals time. And I was super sick and went to the, you know, health, the health, um, what did they call that? The student health center or whatever. health center And ended up having to go to the emergency room because that's how bad the bronchitis was. But they couldn't like, even back then, I know that was a long time ago, but even back then they were, they didn't, they needed my release to my signature to release the medical records, to get some background history on it. And Mm -hmm. if I had, If I hadn't been conscious enough to sign those records, we wouldn't have been able to transfer them. So, I mean, and it's gotten even tighter now.
1: It has. I also recommend that particularly if your child is going away to school, you just go ahead and get uh, a HIPAA release form filed um, or on file with local hospitals. That way, if your child is hospitalized, they can let you know so that you are not in the unknown until they find an emergency contact or different um, questions there. Mm. I have heard of that situation happening to someone where they couldn't figure out where their child went, and it was, oh. Oh, it was such a panic situation. Um, and wow. the other thing, would be
0: scary, oh, it would be so
1: <laughs> scary. to just you think about here is your your child that you've probably done a lot of things for. They've been in your house and they're off on their own, but they need you in that situation. And trying to figure out just just get all the relevant information to, to make decisions. The other thing I think can be helpful. I will pick on um, you know late teenagers, young adults a little bit. And I don't think this even changes as many people age when they've had a doctor's appointment or a medical situation that something might be happening and they come to you saying, hey, this is going on. And you start to ask them questions. They often don't understand what happened or they need more clarification. And if you wanted to call and speak to the doctor, you would not be able to. Mm-hmm. So if there was a HIPAA release, you could call because I quite often I get the answer. of, I don't know. They said something about this, but I don't know what it was. Um, Or there was, there is some term they, use. I don't know what that means. So in <laughs> many situations we have those conversations, um, and I, you know, I, especially in a stressful situation, I think we don't remember all the pertinent details. So, mm-hmm. if you wanted to be able to call that provider and have a conversation to try to help your child understand what's happening, you would need to have um, a medical HIPAA release on file for them.
0: And so, just shifting gears a little bit, what about the parents? What? What? I know you mentioned custodial form um, for for parents that have, but what other documents should parents have on hand um, you know, that that's important for estate planning as well.
1: Yeah, absolutely. A will. I mean, off the mm-hmm. bat, you should have a will so that your estate, your assets don't have to go through probate. Um, they will still have to go through probate, but with, yeah. the will, with the will, it will help give a plan for those you're leaving behind of what to do. I strongly recommend, especially if you have children working with an attorney to work on these documents, mm-hmm. they're going to understand your, when you tell them what your desires and plans are, they understand your state regulations, how the law works, and can Lay that out in the most sensible way, making sure that the age of your children assets are titled correctly and your beneficiary designations are set up correctly to make sure everything goes according to your plan as easy as possible. That might mean things like putting some trust terminology in the will so that when you pass away, the trust kind of becomes... Um,
0: is formed at that time. As formed. Thank you for the yeah. word. It was is formed yeah.
1: at that point in time. So there's a way because minor children, there are a lot of rules around minor children inheriting money, and mm-hmm. generally they they can't if it's not in the right you know legal setting mm-hmm. and protection and titling.
0: And you may want to have the language in there as to what age they do get access to it and. Not to mention, and we won't even go down this rabbit hole in this session, but it's probably a future one. What if they inherit IRA money under the new uh, IRA distribution rules for inherited money? There's a whole different aspect. Like I said, we won't even go down that rabbit hole, but just know that that's something that is. Mm-hmm. you should talk to your attorney about if you're putting together a estate plan because- there are new regulations out there about how inherited money, inherited IRA money, should be distributed. And if you don't do the right thing, you can really muck that up.
1: Mm-hmm. That's a good way to phrase that. <laughs> to be aware. Um, and then, if you have any special circumstances as well, even more, an encouragement to work with an attorney and disclose those. The things that come to mind to me are: if you have a blended family, children mm-hmm. from previous relationships and current relationships, making sure everyone is accounted for properly. Um, if you you have special needs children, again, that could probably be a whole nother episode or series of episodes on mm-hmm. what's needed, but making sure any assets they're inheriting are, are set up correctly, whether it's a special needs trust or proper wording about who is managing those assets for them.
0: Those are all great tips. And of course, all parents should have their healthcare proxy and their power of attorney as well, just to make sure that those are good, great documents to have on file for them. Because a lot of times, you know, it's not both parents um, that unexpectedly uh, perish, I guess is the best word for it. It's one or the other, and making sure that the surviving parent has the proper documentation on file to make it as smooth of a transition as possible. They've just mm-hmm. lost their spouse; so they don't want to have to be tracking down a bunch of documents or trying to struggle <laughs> with getting things settled um, while raising kids and you know trying to work and dealing, dealing with, with lots grief. Other. And, and, yeah. And, yeah. Well, thank you everyone for listening to the show today. We hope you enjoyed this episode. We would love it if you would share this with your friends and rate us on iTunes so that more people can find us like you did if you have a question that you'd like for us to answer feel free to post it to us either in the show or either in uh, the itunes section or uh, asking for a is one of the email asking for a friend at rootedpg.com is one of the email addresses you can send it to us we would love to hear from you and we hope you enjoyed the show
1: and that will about do it for today's episode of line and dime you can contact amy through the website www.rootedpg.com or amy at rootedpg.com you can also follow us on facebook and instagram at rootedpg for the latest news and if you have any questions comments or topics you would like to hear about feel free to let us know don't forget to rate and subscribe the show wherever you get your podcasts and again thank you for listening and be sure to tune in next time